So now, um, let us just look back the context of this um, this passage. So in Acts 13, we know that this is the first missionary journey of the Apostle Paul. So when the Apostle Paul was in Antioch together with some brothers there, Lucius and um, Lucius and the Holy Spirit actually departed them to uh, to a mission. So now they went down to Seleucia. From Seleucia, they uh, went to Cyprus, then from Cyprus to Perga, then from Perga to now they are in Pisidia. So here in Pisidia, during a Sabbath, the Apostle Paul preached the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he started there um, the history of the Israelite going to um, coming out from Egypt. Then after that, um, the judges, he spoke about the judges. Then after the judges to Saul, that they're looking for a king. Then now David, glory to David. So now the Apostle Paul is proclaiming here that the descendant of David, Jesus Christ, was the Christ that even the John the Baptist proclaimed and testified that who said that he's not going, he's not unworthy to untie. So this Jesus is through his death and resurrection, and true faith in him is the exclusive forgiveness of all our sin. And by the way, this is the same Apostle Paul who's been persecuting this gospel in the previous chapter of the book of Acts. So now this is the same Apostle Paul right now who's actually proclaiming seal of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. So now, what is the importance of this? This is, text is actually a scriptural marks of pivotal points of the Apostle Paul's sermon. So what do you mean by that? It is the transition of the Old Testament and the Old Covenant, which is from the sacrificial system, going to, which is faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. So now that presents our fundamental Christian, Christian doctrine that we have right now, which is justification by faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. So I just like to tell you, sorry, yesterday we went to the hospital because Isaac was sick. So um, for these past three days, yeah, at, at first day we just gave him some um, some home home um, home med, um, home medicine. So we just made the medicine at home. Then after that he did not work and it did not work. Then the next day we just decided that maybe we just buy a counter medicine because this is just a fever. So after that we just gave him a counter medicine. Counter medicine just worked for quite some time, maybe for three hours. After that then fever comes again and the coffee fever got worse so only then yeah we decided yesterday that we will go to the hospital for him to be checked and only then the doctor said that he has a throat and a chest infection so now he gave uh the doctor prescribed an antibiotic for him to be yeah that would be given to him so why am i saying this um this experience that i have so it's mostly connected with the with the preaching that we have this evening so so if so it's saying that whatever the medication that I will be giving to my son, regardless, yeah, I'm going to give him all the medicine. If it is not the one that's been prescribed by the doctor, he will not get well. So it's the same with our passage this morning. It's saying that whatever you think about that will save you and ways about the forgiveness of our sin and to be righteous and be justified before God. Everything that you will do, even though his righteousness would be futile, except for the basis of salvation through Jesus Christ. So this evening, I divided these points into three points. I mean this verse into three points. 
One is forgiveness of sins. Second is freedom through faith. And the third is justification apart from the law. Let's go to point number one, the forgiveness of sins. So we have here in verse 8, Paul announces that through this man, Jesus Christ, forgiveness of sin is proclaimed to you. What do you mean by forgiveness? It is the act of releasing someone from guilt, obligation, or punishment. So it's almost like saying that if um, uh, someone who is in a debt, in a huge amount of debt, and suddenly, suddenly paid um, for him, for all his debt, and he's free from debt. So it's almost, almost the same what Jesus offered here. Clean slate, a liberation from the bondage of sin and death. So now, this is the essence of the gospel. All of our sins are forgiven through Jesus Christ. So Paul here is having the seismic shift from the traditional sacrificial system to forgiveness through Jesus, signifying a new transformative new covenant. So we know that in the Old Testament, how people atone their sin. So it is through the sacrifice. So that's um, we can delineate that from the book of Leviticus. So it's to, to be specific, it is in Leviticus chapter 16. So now, however, in Hebrews, we are reminded that it is impossible for us to be saved by the blood of bulls and goats. And for us, for our sins to be taken away. So this sacrifice, what do you mean by that? These sacrifices are actually just a mere shadow of the true redemption that would come through Jesus Christ. That he died on the cross, provide for us the ultimate sacrifice, the perfect sacrifice for our sins, fulfilling all the law pointed towards. So dear friends, I would like to yeah, make you bank on this one to understand that this doctrine before you pass this world. Again, I will just say it there. Make sure that you understand this before you pass this world. So it's a sad truth that we have right now, that there are lots of evangelicals who's having heard this verse but not able to feel the weight of this verse that much. Perhaps you think this is an old news or perhaps you will say, who doesn't know this simple truth? For us Christians, we are able to hear this from time to time. Just like Acts, 4, uh, Acts chapter 4, verse 11 to 12, for salvation is found in no one else, for there's no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. I keep hearing that again and again and again and again, but I can still feel the power for that. I, I like how John Stott said it in his book, The Cross of Christ, when he said it like this. We are seeing the cross as something done for us, but neglected, neglected the fact that it was our sin and it was something done by us. So which is totally true. So sometimes we just saw that the work of Christ is just something done for us, but sometimes we neglect that it was our sin was in the first place who initiated that. So that's why God acted on that. I just spoke to someone um, and just in the church this afternoon, so I was just asking him, what is the, the gospel, by the way? What do, what do you mean by the gospel? So he was just saying, the gospel is the good news. So yes, then what would be the good news? Mostly people are actually thinking like that. The gospel is just like the good news. But we forgot to understand that it was our sin 
initiated it first. And it was our sin that, um, that we rebelled before God. Then only then God sent His Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, for us to be reconciled with God the Father. And that is the good news that Jesus Christ came down and be sacrificed. And through His blood that we have redemption and we have forgiveness of our sin. So now, point number two. Freedom from faith. Verse 39 declares, And by him, everyone who believes is freed from everything. So, freed from everything. Free. Justification. What do you mean justification? It's the act of God declaring someone's sin to be righteous on the basis of faith in Jesus Christ. So again, that's the act of God declaring a sinful person to be righteous on the basis of the faith of Christ. So this is a universal call. It includes everyone, regardless of your background, your past, or your race. The key is to believe in our Lord Jesus Christ. So it underscores the, 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 the message that we always hear from John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. That is the truth of that. But this belief is not merely intellectual, but it involves entrusting and relying for Christ in salvation. So just going back to the one that I told you, the story about Isaac. So if I did not listen to the doctor of, yeah, of giving him the antibiotic, what do you think, what, what do you think would happen if Isaac is going to be, to be well? Absolutely not. So the doctor is already giving me the medicine that I need to buy for him to be healed. Totally the same with here. Whatever that I will do, if I will not completely trust on whatever the, the doctor is saying, he will not be healed. So it's almost the same with our faith in Jesus Christ. We're not only freed from the penalty of sin, but also given us the power to overcome dominion over sin in our lives. But we have some Objection on this verse. So if you can see the verse again. By him, everyone who believes is freed from everything. Freed from everything. So there's actually a view, view that promotes what we call is antinomianism. So antinomianism is a term that a belief that Christian is not under the law, as, which is because they are under grace, so they're not obligated to follow moral laws. So we are, they're saying that we are not saved by the works of the law and we are now saved by grace and faith in Jesus Christ. However, we need to be reminded that Paul reminds us in his writing in Romans that the grace that's been provided by Jesus Christ is not licensed for us to sin. That is in Romans chapter 6, verse 1 to 2. But it empowers us to live righteously. So for us today, it's the same. We are set free from the from sin's power and penalty, we must live a free people, but Galatians 5.16 says, but it doesn't mean that we are free to sin. Rather, we are free to live a righteous life, pleasing to God, empowered by the Holy Spirit. And that's point number two. Lastly, it's point number three. Justification apart from the law. So continuation from verse 39 from which you could not be freed by the law of Moses. So what do you mean by the law of Moses? Again, it is the Old Testament law given to the Israel. 
which pointed out the need for a Savior but could not provide complete redemption. So Paul points out here that justification, this righteous standing before God, could not be obtained under the law of Moses. This doesn't mean also that the law is useless. But what's the purpose of the law? It actually reveals our sinfulness and our desperate need to have a Savior. So however, it is only through faith in Jesus Christ that we are justified Romans 5 affirms it. Therefore, since we have justified true faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So justification doesn't come from keeping the law or doing the works of the law. It comes through faith in Jesus Christ. It's a conclusion that we have there. So let's cease striving to earn God's favor for our righteousness. Instead, let us defend on the finished work of Christ in Christ's righteousness alone imputed. In us. So before I can conclude this verse, I would just like to give you some takeaway that um, why do I believe in this truth? That there's no salvation than anyone else. It's only true Jesus Christ. Maybe you can think a lot of reason why you're going to bank on this one, why you're going to trust on this one. But in this evening, I'm just going to give you three reasons why I believe in this. Or maybe you can just say that, yeah. Just in one word, the, what would be the reason for this? You can just say, because the Bible says, or because God said so. You can just say it like that, then it's already the answer. But for the purpose of this evening's preaching, I'll just tell you what are the reasons that I think that um, I, why I believe in this doctrine and truth of our Lord Jesus Christ. First is, number one, I believe in Jesus Christ because I know I have grievously sinned against God and needs to be forgiven. That's all I can do. All I can do is believe. What do you mean by that? Everything that I have right now, whatever that I can think of myself, every day of my life, I committed sin. Even though how much hard I try that I will be guided by the Holy Spirit, but still in the end, you are you're able to be led to sin. It's always at the back of your mind, there's, the devil was there, is always telling you and accusing you of all of your sin. So there's even a time that you are being pondering yourself that uh, maybe this, uh, this day I haven't committed sin at all. But already in your heart, you already committed sin because you became proud. So that's why there's no other way for me to be saved. That's why there's only one person that can guarantee my salvation in this one. That's why I trusted only in this word of Jesus Christ. That's number one. Second is, he rose from the dead on the third day. He rose from the dead on the third day. So maybe you will say that, yeah, the finished work of Christ was accepted by God. I actually think it on a different way. So I was just actually meditating upon this verse this, um, this week. I was just saying that, yeah, what if that during the during the time of Christ, somebody just took the body of Christ and just hid it somewhere. So that, um, yeah. So the, and all these apostles were just actually just trying to make it up. So I was just thinking about that. What if that will happen? Would that be true? I was just thinking about that, but it is not possible because there are witnesses of Christ. When Christ died, when he was 
rose again from the dead, he appeared to a lot of people, 500 people during the time. So even the Apostle Paul during the, in the road of Damascus, so he even appeared to Apostle Paul. So all of these witnesses, so what I'm just saying is, they bank themselves, they trust everything in this truth. We have First Marty, which is steeper, when he proclaimed the word of Christ on the proconsul of the Jewish council. So he boldly preached the gospel there. So it's either, now there also, if, if I can add on that one, just this week, I also read the book of, um, the Fox's Book of Martyrs, if you have read that kind of book. So it's, all, it's a list of all those being martyred during the time of you know, the, the Christian, during the, um, there, there are lots of um, people who's been uh, martyred. So I was just looking at the names of those being persecuted in the first persecution, second persecution, and third persecution. Most of them are actually the ones who've been, uh, the people that we are seeing who believe in Acts, except for John the Baptist. I know John the Baptist, sorry, except for John. Most of them died for preaching the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. So that's why it, it is absurd to think about that if it is a lie, people would bank themselves up and they would trust in this kind of truth. So people died, for example, in, in the time of Nero, people have been staked down, they, can be, they become a candle, uh, a human torch, and they're burned. And even people in, uh, during the time, they're asked to, be, to denounce Christ or, there, or else they will, will be debarred by, um, by beasts, but they did not denounce Christ. So there's very clear truth here that they are having or banking on the real truth about Christ. So that's why that's the second reason that I have here. Next is the third reason that I have is he was no mere man. So the justification and the, the one that I'm banking with, he was the son of God. So the foundation of my forgiveness is infinitely solid. So just like dog preached this morning in Psalm 2. He's the son and served the son. So in conclusion of Acts, this Acts 13, 38 to 39, let us bring good news of forgiveness and freedom and justification, faith in Jesus Christ. It invites us to a life from faith, trust, and independence on him. So I pray that this would continue, that we would continue to reflect on this truth about Christ that we may fully embrace and experience the freedom and peace that would come in believing in Jesus Christ. So let us trust him alone in our justification and work and walk in freedom as he provides. Amen.